God has been in our midst and he's been among us and he's worked through us. I think that everyone responds to crisis in their lives in a little different way. Some, for some people, emotions take them to places immediately and quickly. And they lean into it and they give into it and God begins their healing process. For some of us who perhaps are a little more hard-headed, it takes us a little longer. It's felt like a weight has been for a number of days now. And I think it began last night that I began to finally give in to that and to discuss with God what God hadn't been doing to suit me lately. And we had the kind of conversation we have every so often. It's a good scripture that Cindy read, wasn't it? About the all-sufficiency of Jesus and needing nothing else. But last night... In my struggle, I just knew I wasn't going to preach that sermon this morning. That's another one to go on the shelf. And instead, a passage of scripture that comes from our lectionary text today reminded me what Nikki reminded me of in life. That we need to know how to pray and we need to remember to pray. And that we need to surrender ourselves to prayer. And not, uh, not without purpose, I think. It's a bad, bad rendering of the Lord's Prayer. It comes from Luke. It's a short version. I don't really like the short version. I really like the Matthew's version much better than I do Luke's. But perhaps Luke didn't need all the words. Perhaps he just needed the thoughts. One of the things about the disciples is as they watched Jesus day in and day out, night after night, day after day, month after month, was that they knew that his prayers were not like theirs. That something seemed to happen when he and the Father got together that they had not yet learned to experience. And so while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples could, probably couldn't stand it any longer and said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, in Luke's version, as Luke recalled it, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. I, I don't know how he's been all night long praying like that, do you? I mean, uh, they've watched him go away for hours and pray, and here he taught them how to pray in about 30 seconds. But then he went on to explain it to them, which I'm not, I'm not sure makes it any better. But let's go ahead and listen to what the Scriptures say. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. 
And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Not because of who the man is will he get up and respond to him. Not because of the man's need will he respond to him. But see God who responds to persistent prayer. Okay. So I say to you, ask. And it will be given to you. Seek. And you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now, suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so that part of the story of Jesus teaching these disciples to pray, as Luke recalled it, was over. Well, Lord, we know your name is holy. We know you are unlike any of us, that you are without sin, that you have paradoxes contained within your soul and mind that are without fault without error, that you are just and loving at the same time and demanding and pushing at the same time you are graceful and merciful. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Lord, is, tells us that you have power on earth and on heaven We know, Lord, that where your kingdom is, there you are in charge. And that you have unlimited power at your disposal. Then why? Why not use your power just a little more often than you do? Yes, Lord, we know about sin in our own lives and we know about sin in the garden and that all of us are going to die and we know about sin that has been unleashed even upon nature itself and we know that we cannot be what you have created us to be in any kind of sense of humanistic perfection. We know all that. We also know that with one little... 
one little puff of wind from your mouth and that tree could, could have fallen on another tree on bare ground. Yes, we know it's not your active will for Nikki to die. We know that you didn't somehow decide to just to call her home. And we know that she did not die to serve some kind of greater purpose in the sense that her death was needed, so you sacrificed her. For that is not the God that we know. But... In your permissive will, you often allow nature to do strange things that that somehow fits within your plan for humanity. And I was just wondering, Lord, maybe you could use some help. Maybe I can help you. Just give me the power and I'll intervene a little bit more where you don't and... uh, I'll make that tree miss that tent and I'll stop that storm from rising up out of the ocean and killing thousands and thousands. I'll... Yeah, I know. I would make such a mess that no one would recognize your earth if you gave me any chance to do that. But it would seem to feel so good on a few occasions in these years you've left me here, if things would turn out just a little bit differently. I wonder about that a lot. I understand about your partial reign of the kingdom on earth. And yes, I understand how hard it is to understand your ways and in fact impossible for me. Yes, I know I need to accept that the perfect will come someday. But on some mornings, like this morning, Lord, it just falls a little short. Do what? Just trust you. That's what we're doing. But our children and our children's children have questions. And they have not been walking through this forest of life as long as many of us have. And if we are struggling with trust, how must they be struggling with trust as well? So you say, pray, give us each day our daily bread. Lord, we have enough bread. In fact, we have too much bread in this country, right, Lord? We don't, we don't even fit our clothes, but thank goodness we have plenty of clauses to put them in when we shrink. We know you give us the sustenance we need in this nation, in this place, that we are fortunate to have clean water and something to eat and a place to sleep that's relatively safe. 
I'm not for sure that that's the sustenance that we seek this morning. I think we seek comfort. We seek assurance that somehow it all will make sense someday. Yes, Lord, I hear your voice. Trust me. Okay. Forgive us our sins, Lord. For we are good at sinning. We've accomplished it. Each in our own way, we have our own little patterns of refusal to allow ourselves to be completely yours. We love this earth sometimes more than we love eternity. And we often confuse the two. I know I need to forgive those that have wronged me. And I know it's an ongoing process that takes a lot of my energy and takes a lot of the other's energy to forgive me. I know that we need to practice the forgiveness we preach. I know that it's a constant need and that it never ends. And so, again, I'm thankful that you forgive me today. That in the midst of my doubts, I will believe. That in my midst of being saddened to the core, that I will find strength. That in the love of others, I'll be reminded of your love for me and for your church. And then, Lord, lead us not into temptation. That's not a very good translation in in our Bibles. I know that. I know that what you really mean to say there to us is that protect us from the things that test our faith or threaten it. Sometimes we need a little more help with that than other times. Sometimes it seems like we could be protected a little more. Yes, Lord, we know that it rains on the just and the unjust. And that means both positive things and negative things happen in our world. And yes, we know that we need to persist in prayer, and we will. And we will know that you are much better than we are and that you will answer in a more powerful way than we ever could. And we thank you for that because you are good. Please don't hear my words of asking for things to have turned out a little differently to mean that I don't realize your goodness because I do. I hear you. Focus on you. That's what the Lord's Prayer is all about, isn't it? Focus on eternal things, not earthly things. Yes, I know that 
Nikki is driving you crazy now instead of me or somebody else. That she's happy as she could be, as complete as you intended her to be. And I know that anyone that arrives at your gates never wants to return to earth. I get that. But I still feel it's hard not to focus on me and what I want. It's hard not to focus on Brooke, Noah, Jeremiah, Braden. It's hard not to focus on Ricky, parents whose hearts have been broken. Yes, you're right. If I focus more on them, I won't need to focus so much on me and my own sense of loss. You've got a hard job, Lord. There's going to be a lot of asking in the days to come. There's going to be a lot of searching in the days to come. There's going to be a lot of knocking. And I'm aware that there will be a lot of doors opening. And for that, I give you thanks and praise for what we shall receive from you. As we find the answers to our questions, not in directly proportion to the whys we have, but rather in proportion to what our souls need for living life on this earth. For being a follower of Christ in the midst of an embattled world. For not focusing so much upon the physical things, but focusing upon the spiritual things. In short, we're going to learn through this experience together. I know that. I'm sure, Lord, there are none among us who have not been touched by Nikki's life and her complete sense of giving herself to others at a rabid pace. She was a mess. And she left behind for us an example. An example that we should be like Christ. Just give ourselves away. And not worry about the years or their number. Or even so much their quality in terms of the things of this world. But rather focus on what we receive from eternity to use in this world. That make an eternal difference for people and the lives they're living. We're not through with this discussion, Lord. I know that you'll continue to teach me and every little kernel of light about things that I would have done different 
will somehow help me to become more like you. Will somehow make me become less about myself and more about others. Will somehow, in my grief, make me more useful to you. You've done it before. I know you'll do it again. But for right now, I just want to complain. I just want to make sure you're awake up there. I just want to make sure that you've not become so involved in other people's lives that you forgot about us here at First Church. Yes, I hear you laughing, God. I know you're not limited. And I know that your arm stretches out continually. I know you were in the tent. And I know you were in the campsite. And I know you were in the journey home. I know you were in those who are safe. And I know you're in what we're all learning as we come to your feet, humbly realizing once again that life is very fleeting and we don't know where we've got a lot of life left to live or a little bit of life left to live. And today we're reminded again it doesn't really matter how much life we have lived to live on earth, but it does matter how we live it in order that we might be ready when we take that step from this world into the next. I am thankful, Lord. I'm thankful for this congregation who's going to stand with this family and other families who've lost loved ones this week and others who are at that point of where they soon will be with you. And yes, Lord, you know that I know that's a part of life. But it doesn't mean I have to like it in all its intricacies. But it does mean that I assume you will use it to make me better than I am, to remind me to pray, to be devoted to prayer, even as the favorite verse for Nikki said in 1212 Romans, devoted for prayer, celebrating the hope that is within us all that's eternal. Yep, I know she did. And knowing that prayer will undergird us so that we might live through times of tribulation. Thank you, God, for not expecting me to enjoy it, nor to celebrate it. But thank you, God, for what it reminds me to do and to be in the days to come. Lord, we might have had a few guests this morning in our worship service. They're probably feeling a little strange right about now. Oh, well, that's the way life is, right? Sometimes the preacher's in a little bit of a strange mood, and today I am. My wife would tell you it's a good time to stay away from me. (laughs) In fact, she, when I told her I wasn't feeling too excited about this morning's worship, I'd just rather run away. I think she said something like, if you're getting on one of those moves, I think I'll just stay home. <laughs> She's a hardhead too. She's here. I'm thankful, though, for a God who can take my doubts and love me still. 
I'm thankful for a God who can take my weaknesses and use them. Because one of my weaknesses has often been that I'm running ahead of the congregation and they're getting frustrated with me. That's why I so enjoyed Nikki and didn't want her taken away because I could watch her do it instead of me. She could get the lumps and I wouldn't have to. (laughs) Somebody found a way to prevent our candles from falling off these little things they're sitting on. There's like a ton of glue (laughs) right there on the bottom of each one of those candles. that come out? I don't know. I guess if an individual is put together with the right glue, they can stay in place even when the world is shaking around them. And I guess if a congregation is glued together with that same kind of powerful glue that only can come from a mutual love for one another, then they can take anything. Hi, Mr. Jackson. Father, we thank you for glue. The glue that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you that your kingdom will come completely one day and there will be no more death. No more pain. We thank you, Lord, that you provide what we need each day if we only are welcome and opening to receive it. We thank you, Lord, that you forgive us and that you've called us to forgive others. We thank you, Lord, that you save us from the kind of temptation that would pull us from you and use it instead to drive us to you. We're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking. If there are any here this morning, Lord, who are looking for a church where they can be embraced and glued together with the rest of the body, they've come to the right place. Let them come forward as we join together with one heart and one mind and with one commitment to the future, sing our closing song this morning. Thank you for being with us and going with us in the many different roads we travel. In Christ's name I pray. Thy will be done. Amen. Let us stand and sing.